Thank you. Please be seated. You guys absolutely kill me. Why in the world do you guys do that to me? I don't plan the worship. Uh, Kip and Josh do a great job with that. And one of my favorite songs, most emotional songs, you sing it before Taylor gets up to say a few words. You absolutely kill me. Wow. And then I was so stupid to come up here and hear the last few ver- of, of the verse there with you all singing at me. <laughs> Let's just do an invitation song. I want to sit down. I don't, I don't like this setup. Wow, good morning. Uh, we just had a great, great trunk and treat last night. It was unbelievable. I don't know where these people come from. We don't do anything any different from year to year. They just keep coming out of the woodwork. We ran out of candy. We ran out of hot dogs. I cooked 120 pounds. And the, uh, I know I ate three myself. Two of, by the way, when I was cooking those yesterday, two fell on the ground. And you will never know which ones they were. I threw them... <laughs> I did not uh, bat an eye. They went right back on the grill. That's a true story. <laughs> but we served a thousand hot dogs. I don't know how many gallons of lemonade. We ran out of candy. And I think everybody's had a great time. Don't you agree? We just had a great, great time. Thank you for coming. Thank you. If you had a part of it in any way, whether you just brought us candy or you were here or you, you prayed about it, thank you so much for your support. Well, this ends our Global God series. Uh, Josh really jacked me up again, man. He sent me a text a couple of weeks ago and asked me if I could fill in. And how do you just bring this great sermon series to a finale? Uh, I just didn't know. I've been praying about it. I've been angsting over it. And then our big 316 offerings today, it's a big, big day. You know, Josh led, Josh led us through this great sermon series uh, I really enjoyed it. Help me see this global God and how we fit into it, beginning with Abraham. And I love the verse in Isaiah in, in chapter 49 where each of us have a part in this, in this uh, mission, this ministry. And then last Sunday when we went to Acts chapter 1, you know, I love verse 8. You will be my witness to the ends of the earth. That's us. That's us. That's where we fit in. But I'm just telling you, I'm being very transparent this morning that I cannot put my mind around this thought of a huge global God. I'm a feeble-minded person. I cannot grasp something that large, that amazing. It sounds overwhelming. It's too big for me to understand. You might. Good for you. But I can't. I can't grasp this global God. It's like trying to eat a big, fat sandwich with one bite. I can't do it. I can't digest it. I can't grasp it i often can't see god in greece i often can't see god in the ukraine and i often can't see god in panama or zambia and here at sycamore view all at the same time how does he do that i can't grasp it how can he be that big how can he be that global And all these places that we know of, what about the places that we don't even know of? He's there too. How can he be in Fraser and in France? How can he be in Raleigh and in Rome? How can he be in Memphis and in Milan and Milan? How does he do that? See, life comes at us in big doses, and we have to sometimes take it with smaller bites. Not one big bite. Divorce, death, accidents, 
bad and shocking news, it's hard to digest. So we have to take it in small bites, a day at a time, a little bit at a time. Well, that's, to, that's the way I see God. I'm here today, today to tell you that's the way that I see God. How do you see God? Well, I see him huge. You know how you look at the finished jigsaw puzzle? I see that. But I really see him in individual pieces. You see, I see God in Mata in Greece when I talk to her, when I hear her funny accent, and she's laughing at me with my funny accent. I love to see pieces of God through pieces of people, like Lori in Africa, in Miriam in Panama, and I'm leaving the knucklehead guys out on purpose because I love the women a whole lot more. And it's easier to look into their eyes than those guys and see and feel their stories. I don't even think they can see the entire country where they're serving and try to grasp it all. It's way too big. You see, they see God in each little person that they serve. I see God in global in so many ways, but I see him in small ways. These small pieces of a giant puzzle. Turn with me to John chapter 6. That's where we're going to go real quick. And I only have a few moments, and I have people in the audience that are giving me hand signs when I'm out of time. So I'm almost done. John chapter 6, we begin with verse 1. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is, the Sea of Tiberias, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him. He got a little creative. It would, be, it would take more than a half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one of you to have a bite. So you always have an account at the bunch, right? But listen to what Andrew said. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. You know what? I was thinking about this the day when I re re revisited this scripture. God could have performed an amazing miracle and could have prepared an all-you-could-eat buffet just by snapping his fingers. He could have even made it a Chinese buffet. Think about it. He could have done what he wanted to. He's God. He could have given them Chinese food. He asked the guys, what's your plan? And then he used a small boy's lunch. You see, God uses small things to do large things. See, we often look for God to hit this grand slam in the bottom of the night. He may be looking for you to make a base hit. We often look at how we want God to perform. When God is asking us, how are you engaged? What are you going to do? You see, Andrew got creative. Here's a small lunch to start. We'll start off with a small lunch, and then look what happened. Look what happened with such a small lunch. 
Guys, you look at this big anniversary trip. You want to take your wife on an anniversary trip. You want to go on this big trip. You want to go and, and get the dozen roses or the two dozen roses. I'm telling you, Kroger has them for seven bucks. Use the small bunches. We, you know, we harp on cleaning up the environment. Let's go green. We want to clean up the environment. And how many of you picked up a candy wrapper from last night's party in the parking lot today? See, we think big, but what about that little piece of paper? It's not the big sermon preached. It's the sermon lived. Let me show you guys something. You're saying, what's all this stuff up here? This little girl didn't like me for a while. You say, well, I can see that. Her mom and dad liked me, I think. And her grandmother and grandfather liked me, I think. But this little girl, and I think even her brother, little brother, her big brother, likes me, I think. Hey, buddy. And... He's waving at me anyway. Hey, baby. And she wouldn't have anything to do with me until one day she came in my office and she kind of talked to me and I gave her a little gift. And then after that, she became one of my best friends. And the other day I walked in my office and there was this rock. This rock was hidden in my Laffy Taffy candy. It's a 901 rock, and a lot of y'all are familiar with 901 rocks. You just find them all over the city, aren't they cool? It says a 901 rock, Collins, age two. Out of all the stuff in my office, this little rock means a lot. Thank you, Collins, for my rock. Thank you. You know, all the years I've been here, People have sent me cards. These are cards from Shelby Oaks of the day when I read to the kindergarten classes. And their art is hilarious, Charlie. Unbelievable. This is what Anna put together from the two-year-old class that I'm taking to Lisa Haley this week. They're get well cards that they colored. Okay? Wow. I looked at them too, by the way. I opened them up. Hope you don't mind. This box... It's full of cards that ever since I've been on staff here, I've saved every card that people sent me. Every single card. That's just some of them. And I go back every now and then I revisit them. Each card means so much. Can I tell you one of my favorites? I've told you before, I'll tell you again. Neatrice Williams. Neatrice Williams, eccentric old lady, never drove a car, never got married, walked to Sears every day to work for 40 years, wore the same red dress to church, bad wig, sometimes it was straight, sometimes it wasn't. She asked me one day, she said, Mark Taylor, one day when I die, won't you say some kind words over my dead body? I'm telling you, when you're a preacher, people say, hey, one day when I die, won't you preach my funeral? Okay? I mean, what do you say? So, Neatrice asked me to do that, and I did. Well, let me tell you something. She sent me a Christmas card one year, just before she died. And <laughs> I mean, things could happen, right? But she sent me this Christmas card, and, and it, wasn't, 
I wasn't having a bad, bad day, but it was kind of an average day. I went to the mailbox, and I got the mail. And Stephanie will tell you, I don't read the mail. Even if it's made out to me, I just don't read the mail. I just plop it down on the counter, and most of it's junk mail anyway. But there was one particular day I got this card and it had my name in scratchy handwriting, and I opened it. It was a Christmas card. And it said, attention, Christmas has been canceled this year. Open it up. Santa Claus heard that you had been good, and he died laughing. <laughs> Neatrus. I've got a bunch of cards here, but I'm telling you, that's my favorite. When I'm having a bad day, what do I think about? I think about that wig, I think about that red dress, and I think about that card. Ernestine Blair. A lot of y'all know Ernestine Blair. She's at Elmcroft, fading away with Alzheimer's, terrible disease. She always was a big encourager to me in, in, in my ministry, Stephanie and I. She would always say kind words. She wrote the kindest, the kindest card to me when my dad died. I have a bunch of them in here that you wrote me, but I'm telling you, Ernestine's is my favorite. You see, where am I going with this amount of time? One piece at a time. All coming together, showing, manifesting, honoring, teeming with global God. One piece at a time. One card at a time. One little rock. One piece of candy at a trunk and treat. One hot dog. And look what God can do with that. You know, Lori French, she left comfortable USA to go to Zambia. We don't all have to do that. But we can leave our comfort and go next door. We can leave our comfort and go across the city one piece at a time, one small act at a time. All of the pieces coming together to serve, honor, and display our global God.